Good afternoon to our dear listeners. I'm Sing. And I'm Zijun. And we will be your host for today. So before we begin, let me run you through the history of Akin. Akin is an independent marketing firm dedicated to helping brands unearth their authentic voice, helping them build meaningful relationships with their customers. The company clinched six awards at the Marketing Agency of the Year Awards 2020, an award that recognizes top-performing marketing agencies in Singapore. In May, Akin launched our own monthly podcast series called Akin Life, where speakers are invited to share about marketing-related topics. Our first two sessions focused on debunking agency myths and understanding the mechanics behind market research. As for this month, we'll be focusing on marketing frameworks. In this conversation, we have invited two full-time Akin staff to share their experiences working in the marketing field. Our marketing experts, Fangru and Shalit. Let's give them a warm round of applause. Welcome, welcome everyone. Maybe everyone can give a short introduction of yourselves. Please share your name and what you do at Akin. Fangru, would you like to start first? Sure. Um, yeah, hi guys. Nice to meet you guys through Clubhouse. I'm Fang Ru, um, a performance marketing consultant in Akin. Um, I've been in Akin for more than three years and it's been great uh, so far. Yep. Okay, hi everyone. I'm Charlene. Nice to meet you all. I'm an account manager and marketing strategist here at Akin. So I partner brands across the region to um, optimize marketing strategies and deliver campaigns for our clients. I've been at Akin for six months now. It's been great so far. I think there's lots of opportunities to create impact for our clients across um, different domains and industries. Okay, thank you for the introduction. Almost welcome to you again. So our conversation today will focus on marketing frameworks. We'll be covering the different types of frameworks out there, as well as expounding on how to approach customers at different segments of the marketing funnel. Lastly, we will also explain the execution of an omni-channel marketing strategy. So before we begin our podcast, I would like to share that we will be opening the floor for discussions at the end of our sharing. So dear listeners, do keep your questions, if you have any, to the end when we have reached our Q&A segment. Okay, so let's start off with our first segment of the day on effective frameworks. As a marketing agency navigating the digital landscape, uh, we love our frameworks. Not only do they help us plan and prioritize, but they also help us to visualize how everything we are working on uh, fits together for our clients. We will discuss some well-known frameworks and some frameworks that have been developed in-house by our marketing gurus. Together, they will help you make a growth strategy, select traction channels, and influence your uh, customer's behavior. So what are some of the popular marketing frameworks that left an impression on you and that you use? Okay, maybe I'll kick this off by sharing um, two to three frameworks. The first would be the human brand methodology, which is actually Akin's proprietary framework that underpins all of our strategy, guided by our vision to build a world of human brands. So essentially, we look at the core, the body, the realm of a brand um, in terms of the purpose or the why, uh, the personality or the expression and the relationship a brand um, has with its community and audiences. And it's through this framework that we create relatable and persuasive marketing campaigns um, that drive impact for our clients. And I think at the top of many of our minds would um, probably be the marketing funnel, but we're going to dive a bit deeper into that later. So I think I'll broaden this discussion a bit to touch on frameworks that um, deliver business impact through the lens of marketing. 
And one of them is the startup pyramid, uh, which is especially relevant when we work with some of our fast-growing startup clients. There are essentially three stages in the pyramid where the most fundamental one at the base is about attaining product and market fit. And that's when you know um, you know, when you have something that people want, you move into the next stage, which is transition to growth, where you understand what makes your product valuable and how you can get more people to experience this value. And finally, we double down on growth at the final stage uh, where we test channels and optimize uh, areas of high performance. Uh, maybe just one last framework to touch on is Porter's Five Forces, which helps marketers and business um, managers look at the balance of power in a market and um, analyze the potential profitability of a certain industry or product. So we look at five uh, major forces of competition a brand faces, not just from its competitors, but um, also from new entrants, substitutes, the bargaining power of, of customers and suppliers and also industry um, rivalry. I think at the end of the day, there are a lot more models that we use, um, but it really depends on what the brand needs and where the business is at, um, at this stage of their growth. Thank you, Shalene. So next up, we would like to know, how do you determine which framework to use and when to use it for a client? Yeah, um, maybe I can add on to this. So I guess it largely depends on the client's marketing goal, which in turn will actually determine like the type of project it is. So if, say, it's like a consultancy type of project that requires market research of their industry, their competitors, we typically use like SWOT analysis. But um, if we are looking at, say, marketing campaign, it also depends on, say, the goal of the campaign itself. So are we actually focusing on top of funnel like brand awareness or further down the funnel like leads and sales? Um, there are actually different types of frameworks that would fit the different requirements. Um, just like to also add on that it is also very important to understand who your target audiences are. So um, it's crucial to actually create detailed buyer personas and figure out what are the various channels they are using and decide what kind of content you would like to post on those channels. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also consider say, will it be actually solely on digital channels, or are you actually looking for like an omni-channel approach from offline to online, and vice versa? Yeah. Right. Thank you, Fang Ru, for that. So adding on to that, I would like to uh, we would like to know with the success of our human brand methodology in guiding the direction of our projects in mind, how does one go about developing their own frameworks? Maybe sure. Can um. So I guess it goes by uh step step by step. So first of all, I think you need to first define what is your main objective, um, meaning the goal that you want to actually accomplish through your marketing efforts, and then followed by how um deciding how you actually measure the success of a campaign, which specific metrics will you be looking at, and um followed by, say, drafting your implementation plan. So an implementation plan will typically include, say, your objectives, your key results, um, actionables that are actually mapped out for each platforms that um, you have selected, and also um, to make sure that the tasks are actually specific, measurable, and also achievable. Um, most importantly, it should be actually time-based to enable like easy tracking and also encourage the team to actually act upon it to achieve the, the success of the project, yeah. Okay, that was impressive and interesting to understand that marketing frameworks are so complicated and interlinked. 
it is definitely something that all of us urge to understand more about. However, I believe there is more for us to discover. So moving on, we would like to talk about the model which helps us understand the process of turning leads into customers, the marketing funnel. Sing, would you like to continue? Okay, so um, just now, um, as what Shelley mentioned, um, marketing funnel is also one that we use or we look at. So um, there's different stage, stages of the funnel. Um, the top one would be um, attention, which is also called awareness, whereby uh, the prospect actually sees the ad, uh, maybe the social media post, or maybe they heard about the brand or the product from someone else. And the second stage would be interest, and um, they're actually considering. So they want to learn more about it, maybe um, they want to know more about the functions, the features, how the product works. And the third stage would be the desire, uh, where they are interested in conversion. So the prospect will actually have done their research and then um, they are interested to maybe convert, which is purchase their product. So and uh, the last stage would be action. So whereby the prospect actually take an action, which is um, buying your item or um, purchase your product or even um, purchase uh, patronizing your service. Yeah. So how do we um, approach customers at different stages uh, of the funnel? So do we like use a similar strategy or um, throughout the entire funnel or should it be different depending on maybe it's awareness or conversion or action stage? Yeah, maybe I'll take this one. Uh, I think it's absolutely spot on saying. I think it really has to um, depend on the different stages that the customer is going through. So for example, when we look at the attention or the awareness stage, um, at this point, it might be the first time that the prospect is recognizing that they have a problem that they want to solve or a need that they're learning about for the first time. So here we would prioritize brand awareness as an objective and focus on channels like social media, display or search, which would increase the chances of prospects uh, reaching out to you. And when we move into the interest or consideration stage, this is when they know they have a problem to solve and they're trying to explore their different options and discover the best solution. So we focus on channels such as email marketing, retargeting or remarketing um, or even social media, which would help us build a relationship and also establish trust between the brand uh, and, the and the prospect. And finally, at the conversion stage, uh, the prospect just needs that final nudge and a compelling call to action to get them to convert, which leads them to take an action such as to contact sales or schedule a demo or check out their cart. So what would be an example of a brand approaching customers at different stage of the marketing funnel? I think I can take this question. So um, maybe I'll just bring you guys through a campaign that we are actually working on currently. So we actually can collaborate with Red Cross um, to, you know, um, encourage more people to donate blood. And also, I mean, if you, you guys can contribute by donating blood, you can also contribute by um, sharing it through social media. So let me bring you through to the, the whole journey in terms of awareness, consideration, conversion, and action itself. So to create awareness, what we did was really to rebrand the Blood Body mascot with a refreshed look that actually appeals to younger audiences. Um, we also developed the mascot's voice and create like a compressive, comprehensive um, brand guide itself to drive high awareness. And moving on to generating interest itself, uh, we made this uh, a heavy topic like donating blood actually more relatable by curating and also presenting information more effectively to make it easier for users to digest and 
and add um adding elements of like lightheartedness and cuteness to to the mascot itself. Yeah. Um in terms of the conversion stage, um to to nudge like engage audiences towards conversion itself, we actually incorporated an interactive one more step mechanic that actually encourages users to take action at different touch points. So, uh, I think I previously I mentioned a little bit about this. So, um, taking one more step to donate after reading the donor stories, or taking one more step to advocate for blood donation by sharing on social media, and last but not least, is really to have a clear call to action to encourage people to take action. Yeah. So this is um one possible case study, uh, as to how we actually approach customers at different stages of the marketing funnel. Alright. Thank you, Shirlene and Fang Ru for that. Uh, detailed explanation, including the Red Cross case study, it was really impressive to understand how segregating target audience into different uh, stages of a funnel will really help any brand to better target the different groups. I believe we have discussed quite a bit on the various stages a consumer can be in, so let's move on to another marketing approach. Um, there are many platforms and methods to market and advertise as technology keeps advancing. More and more platforms are emerging and some have even successfully taken over platforms which used to be so popular. So now with an array of platforms available in the market, we would love to know which is the right channel to enter the market or should we take on all channels to play safe? Mm, I wouldn't say there is the right channel per se, um, nor should we be you know, spraying and praying across all the channels because ROI or ROAS, return on ad spend is very important. So there are a couple of things we would typically look at from target audience analysis, um, channel analysis, or measuring projected or historical performance of marketing spend across channels. So for example, Fang will talked about a consumer brand for Red Cross earlier, but say for a B2B or technology brand, for example, if there are key industries or accounts that the brand is going after, then a more targeted approach might be more suitable, like channel-specific segment marketing, um, account-based marketing, uh, creating, say, a thought leadership content hub, social selling or webinars, and events where that sort of face time with sales is critical. So ultimately, it really depends on the nature of the brand and the target audience. And how we approach this at Akin is to run a detailed audit and analysis across audience, um, channels, industry, as well as media to determine the most relevant platforms for a brand to be on. Okay, thank you for the great insight by Shalene. So uh, moving on, I would like to ask more about uh, if taking in the OMI channel approach is a better option, how would the marketing or advertising or content strategy differ if the brand decides to go on multiple channels instead? Mm, for multiple channels, I guess um, the format of the content will differ from channels to channels. For instance, um, taking the example of Red Cross again, uh, we if we would like to actually portray Blood Buddy on all relevant channels or platforms, um, the format has to be tweaked such that it, it still makes sense when it goes on to different channels. So um, the, the words or the specific phrases that we use on social media may be slightly different from the words that we actually use on offline advertisements like MRT stations or buses. And more importantly, um, I guess you need to figure out um, and understand the audience state of mind when they actually see the ads at that point in time. 
um, the audience state of mind is obviously very different when you are actually scrolling through your social media uh, versus when you're actually traveling and seeing an ad on the station or the buses, bus station itself. Yeah. Um, I guess um, it's also, it will also be different uh, if, if your brand decides to go on IG versus LinkedIn. Um, because we all know that LinkedIn is a very much professional kind of platform um, where you would tend to be more specific in terms of the terms that you're willing to use. Okay, um, I think that's all we have for the few segments. Uh, we just recovered uh, the frame, uh, a few frameworks, uh, the marketing funnel, and also the omni-channel project on how we go about um, strategizing our marketing plan for that. Uh, before we, uh, since we are drawing close to the end of our conversation, uh, maybe we can open the floor to our listeners. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, feel free to raise your hand and we'll invite you as a speaker. You can ask any questions about um, the topics that we covered today or even um, if you want to hear about their ex- our speaker's experience on uh, marketing, uh, you can also ask them. Hello. Uh, yeah, hello Jackson. Mm-hmm. I think before asking a question, you want to introduce yourself? Maybe your name and what your profession is? Okay. Hi, uh, Shaleen and uh, I'm Jackson. I'm a student from Nanyang Technological University, currently studying in the marketing sector. So I have a uh, I have like a question about the uh, the channels, the only channel approach that you mentioned. So like since um, we are on really uh, different channels, like let's say on um, Facebook, Instagram versus um, TikTok. So does this mean that um, we will need to come up with uh, totally different strategies for each of these platforms in order for us to reach uh, our, our target audience. Okay, maybe I'll take this one. Um, thanks a lot, Jackson, for your question. Uh, yes, I would say that we do have to come up with different strategies for each platform uh, because kind of like what Fang Wu said earlier, the audience state of mind would be different and also the types of audiences and their different um, behaviours on the different platforms would vary. So in terms of what type of content they view, um, and also the different formats for assets, both organic or paid, would vary across platforms. So even if we use, say, the same type of strategy or the same type of ad or content, the performance could vary significantly. So general rule of thumb is the best practice uh, would be to tailor a marketing strategy uh, specific to the platform that you're on. Um, that was like a really uh, in, like, uh, insightful like, uh, So I think like... Uh, the same question I have towards um omni-channel approach. So I think that um y'all have mentioned a lot about social media and stuff. So I was thinking like aside from social media, are there any other like alternative channels you would recommend to use for this approach? I can take that question. Um so thanks for the question. Um I guess it really boils down back to what is your objective or um goal of your marketing campaign. Um, yeah, so if it's more of like a brand awareness or um, it, it will be very different from if the, the objective is more of um, garnering, you know, tactical campaigns like garnering sales and also leads itself. Yeah, so um, yeah, I guess it's a conversation that, that has to be done with um, the marketing team to understand what is their priorities in terms of um the goals, marketing goals, yeah. I hope that answers your question. Okay, uh, I do 
in the any hands phase, but uh, maybe I can I can ask the question that um, I have while listening um, to our speakers' conversation. Um, you mentioned that uh, for the Red Cross, um, you're the, the Blood Buddy uh, mascot. So, so um, like with the mascot, do you think that uh, it's uh, approach that more brands should adopt to? For example, if we see the Blood Buddy, uh, uh, I think I've seen it on the buses um, uh, as outdoor advertisement. So, uh, would that be more, uh, like people would remember it better if there's a mascot uh, as compared to like if you're just promoting the brand uh, or the logo itself? Um, I guess specifically for the Red Cross uh, Blood Buddy, um, they originally had this mascot and when we actually got the the campaign, um, what we did was really to revamp it and give it a sort of like a new life. Um, and I mean, when you are comparing mascot versus just brand logos, um, I would think that mascots are more relatable to humans. Uh, when they actually see it, they can recognize it. So um, having said that, um, it also doesn't mean that uh, every brand and every client or campaign should actually take on the same approach. It really depends on each individual um, needs and um, goals that they want to achieve. Uh, I think Nicolette has a question, her hands raised. Uh, do you have a question? Maybe you can introduce yourself. Um, yeah, hi. Uh, hi, Dylan and Fangu. Thank you for sharing. Um, I'm Nicolette. I'm also an NGO uh, undergrad. And um, I'm also quite interested in this area of marketing. So something that I actually want to ask is, um, do you guys think that, you know, COVID-19 or the pandemic has kind of changed or shaped um, this entire marketing process or approach, like the frameworks that you guys brought up just now? I think it definitely has. Um, a lot of the, I think it really depends on the industry. So for example, if you look at B2B industry, traditionally a lot of selling on B2B or marketing on B2B actually happens um, through field events, um, for example. But we have seen a big shift towards sort of hybrid or virtual events and the ways in which we engage audiences are all shifting um, towards online channels. So that poses a challenge in terms of um, you know, having to redefine certain traditional ways of targeting buyers and audiences. And I think for consumer as well, the impact um, is, is quite significant. Um, a lot of consumers are not, uh, you know, during the COVID period, not really shopping. Um, a lot of it's shifting online. So it's about how do we sort of reach out to these audiences in a rather saturated and, and crowded marketplace where you're also jostling for attention with other brands who are similarly moving on online. Right. Thank you, Sherry. Okay, I think uh, Dolores, you have a question? Yeah. Yeah, hi everyone. I'm Dolores and I'm a SMU undergrad. So um, I'm curious to know how long it actually takes for your company to come up with the comprehensive marketing strategy given that you guys have so many approaches and frameworks that you guys use so in short how long do you guys uh, take to answer the client um well i guess this depends on uh, many factors so um it depends on say how how complicated um the the marketing strategy they are looking at is it more of like a omni-channel which in, you know uh involves say five to ten channels that we need to actually uh, take into account or is this just more of like a digital um channel that we have to just take 
yeah, take into account, yeah. Okay, so it depends on the scale of the project, is it? Yeah. Um yeah, so it it typically can range from say two to um two two to six weeks, uh depending on the scope of the project. Yeah. I wanted to ask also like are there any like common challenges that you guys face throughout um brainstorming for the proposals also? Yeah, I was going to talk about that actually because a lot of, I mean, if your question is about how long it takes, it also depends on how much um, we need to get from the client and how much the client has to share with us. So one of the challenges would be, for example, we know we need certain sorts of data or information or sort of background materials. Um, and it was, and then, you know, it depends whether the client themselves are marketers or sort of more on the business side and whether... Um, you know, some, some level of prior education um, about marketing and communications is needed to be done with the client. So that would be a key challenge that might also impact the amount of time that we would need or the amount of um, work that, that, that it would take for us to arrive at the sort of marketing strategy for the clients. Yeah, I'd just like to add also that sometimes, you know, when we speak to clients um, at the first stage, we we thought that, you know, clients are very clear of what they want. Um, but eventually some time was taken to actually come to, to figure out exactly um, the solutions to what they want to achieve eventually. Especially if there are multiple stakeholders with the clients, because you might not necessarily be talking to, you know, one client contact, but they will also have um, other stakeholders that they need to align with. So sometimes that sort of internal alignment with the client um, may take some time. Okay, thanks guys. I think it was a very good answer. <laughs> Thank you. Alright. Uh, so just to ask if there are any other last questions. Otherwise, uh, I'll have this personal question that I would like to ask the speakers. So upon hearing all of the answers and questions that has been raised, uh, it just came to my mind that were there any other instances where clients didn't agree with the frameworks you use? So in such instances, do you switch the framework or do you try to justify it? So I think the first step to this is always whenever we put forth a framework or a strategy, um, there is a reason for it and it would be it would have gone through various rounds of you know research as well as strategizing, both with the clients and within um, our team of specialists. So when whenever we encounter situations like that, the first step would always be to kind of understand uh, where the clients are coming from, what aspects of the strategy they don't agree with, um, rather than say like switching it out entirely. I think it's about understanding and then also sharing um, sort of our rationale behind it. And I think from there, both the clients as well as our team kind of work hand in hand to nail down a direction that's aligned between both parties. Okay, thank you Shalene for that answer. So uh, we are slightly ahead of time, but uh, I believe there aren't any other questions. So thank you Frank Wu and Shalene. I think all of us have a better understanding of the different marketing approaches and how they came, uh, how they come into play with different clients. We also learned the importance of breaking down the entire process during research. Uh, and identifying key areas of a marketing goal for clients. Lastly, I think uh, we also have a clearer understanding of how different clients and brands should utilize strategies and frameworks that works the best for them. Uh, okay, so just before we end the session, 
it is really a great honor for us to be able to invite uh, the speakers from Akin, Fang Ru and Shaleen for joining us in today's session and thank thank you for all of the question the answers that you guys gave for all of the questions. So uh if any of you are interested to join for our future sessions, follow us here on Clubhouse on Instagram at HelloAkin, H-E-L-L-O-A-K-I-N. Okay, sorry, put it again. H-E-L-L-O-A-K-I-N, HelloAkin. Or follow on our LinkedIn at Akin. Uh, and our team at Akin Life would like to end off our session with a quote by Phil Kotler. Marketing takes a day to learn and a lifetime to master. So, Akin Life, be alive. See you again next month.